Hi, it's Mike Rothman again. Uh, welcome back to the Tech Strong Research Review. Um, and you may have seen in uh, this week's introduction that it's not just me and and my partner in crime, Mitch. Mitch, say hi. Hello, hello, Mitch Ashley, CTO of um, Tech Strong Group. We, we we also have a new guest today. It is Mike's bionic knee. Uh, Mike's oh. bionic knee is going to be making an appearance. Well, maybe he's, he's kind of behind the scenes on this one. So um, bionic Steve Austin, six yeah. billion dollar man. Right? At this point, it would be at least six billion on, on that front. But yeah, it's been a week, my friend. It's been a week. I know. Um, I just uh, I was just floored. When, I mean, <laughs> not that it happened to me, but I was floored when I heard the news. You're on vacation and. Yeah, we were on vacation, you know, in uh, just a beautiful spot in in rural Italy, and I took a little spill and and left my patellar tendon uh, there, and uh, you know had to fly home early, got surgery the other day, so um, Mike's bionic knee is here, so I'm I'm kind of propped up in bed. You guys can't know the difference because I got my my background, <laughs> on, but um, yeah, but I'm I'm not too loopy on on the pain meds, so you're maybe so a little a little more that. chill than normal, but that's okay. It's yeah, yeah. still the Mike Rothman we know. That's more. right. Yeah, just a little bit. So, so what I wanted to talk about this week, Mitch, is mm -hmm. um a number of deals that happened. And again, we're not like a you know a, a newsy type thing. I mean, it's really about the research side of it because I think that there are some long term impacts. But um, this week there were two very large private equity deals of public security companies that were announced. First, um. Uh, Forge Rock, which was an identity and access management company, was uh, taken private by Toma Bravo. Uh, $2.3 billion a day later, Vista Equity Partners announces uh, a $4.6 billion acquisition of No Before, the security mm -hmm. uh, awareness training company. Awareness, yeah. um, and this is uh, on top of a whole bunch of other things, right? So Toma has been very aggressive in the space. They bought Barracuda. They've um, a while ago, and then they actually just sold them to KKR. Uh, they bought Proofpoint back in April of, of 2021. So Tom has been very active in, in the security space. Um, and they've really kind of, in effect, cornered the market to a degree in identity and access management. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just Forge Rock, right? They bought Ping Identity about uh, six to eight months ago, right? They bought SailPoint, and I think that deal is, has recently closed, and that was probably the biggest deal that they've done uh, in a while. So so Toma owns um, SailPoint. They own Ping. They own Forge Rock now. They're not necessarily integrating them per se, but mm -hmm. they're all under one operating agree you know umbrella now they're going to leverage you know a lot of the common practices that uh, a private equity firm you know brings forward um you know like toma bravo uh and it's interesting because as we're a little bit further along with security relative to DevOps or cloud native infrastructure, we haven't seen a lot of that first wave of DevOps companies come public and then go private, right? With security, we're starting to see, you know, oh, Ping Identity, you know, they got acquired by Vista Equity initially, then in, they went public. Yeah. And now Toma is, you know, taking them private again. And, and you're mm -hmm. starting to see a lot of, you know, asset trading, uh, you know, and really because of the valuations coming back um to you know uh somewhat measure of reality here um but it, it it's it's an interesting when you think about it from an end user standpoint right from a customer standpoint you know a lot of these private equity companies they bring forward you know leverage 
They bring forward, obviously, better operational capabilities, um, but it's really all about generating cash flow on that front. Exactly. So they're going to start becoming more efficient. They're going to, you know, probably start increasing prices where they can. Um, so these are the things to start, you know, really thinking about, you know, as a buyer, if your company or a strategic partner of yours gets acquired by a private equity firm, again, you have to start asking some questions. One, you know, what's my plan B? Right. Do I have other technology that I can possibly bring to bear? Um, are they going to fold this into somewhere else? Is management going to, you know, be an upheaval? What's uh, support and, and investment in the engineering side going to be? Right. Is this a growth platform or are they, you know, basically just, you know, milking the installed base? Well, there are just a lot of considerations. Apart. There's a lot of different paths and most of them aren't a barrel full of monkeys. <laughs> They're usually not not a lot of fun on the receiving end, but also, you know, internally they can be, you know, it can be good from a financial standpoint, but yep. not always good for staff and employees. So. Oh, you know, so I have a, a friend of mine who who is is in a company who you know got acquired by by Vista, and um, Vista's never lost money on a deal they've done. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, twenty something years they've been doing. They know what they're they doing. Never lost money on a software deal. That they've done. <laughs> I mean, that's like. In, incredible. So, so they know how to make money. Well, right? they're very formulaic, right? I mean, that's yeah, what yeah. that's what those uh, PE and firms do, right? And they they that's know right. their process, they know their formula, they know got to have their team, and you know, it's it's kind of it's not totally rinse and repeat, but it very much is. Oh, it's it's. You know what, I mean, they they they've got playbooks, right? And they and they've got operating manuals, manuals, and and they have you know reporting packages and how they have to see their information. And and again, it's not you know obviously if you're within one of those companies. And and I know many of our clients, you know, do end up, you know, kind of going through this in mm -hmm. some way, shape or form uh, over time. Um, but, you, you know, again, I think the, the important thing from a customer standpoint is you do need to start, you know, kind of understanding what is their development uh, process going to be, right? What is their level of investment commitment going to be, right? Is it, you know, are they going to starve the field, right? Are they, are they going to, you know, start to, to build up uh, and, and, you know, basically munge all these different things together. Like when Symphony bought um, the FireEye software, and then they merged that with McAfee Enterprise, right? So that's now mm -hmm. Trellix. So now you've got, you know, a private equity that's got these two, you know, legacy assets that they're, you know, trying to to modernize and, and move forward. You know, what does that mean? Right. So these are the questions that you really have to kind of get your arms uh, around, because as valuations have come down, um, you know, we do have to factor in the reality that, you know, I, I, I think that they'll they'll you know kind of mouth the words like oh this is a growth platform and oh we're going to continue investing and and we'll you really to have to the see what the, what the reality ends up being it's all about cash flow i mean that ultimately that's what they're doing doing that for right and you know i kind of i've certainly been on the receiving end of it and, and a lot of times i'm disappointed when it happens because if it's a company that i feel like is really in, in innovative and doing some good things and they're going to get, get consumed by a big company. It, it can go a lot of different ways. But tell me, tell me your opinion. It seems like more often lately, I'd say in the last five years or so, companies are leaving some of their acquisitions alone. You know, I, I just take, uh, you know, kind of light step in the, in the service now category. We talked about them and another firm that got acquired. Uh, but they left their brand alone. It's a new, it's a new category that they're not in, right? It's in observability and incident management for for ServiceNow, which is a different kind of company. So it makes sense. But 
it seems so many other times it just sort of gets pulled in and whatever's going to happen to it gets happens to it. And whether it stays independent or, or the brand stays, you know, uh, its own brand and has some autonomy, maybe not a lot, but where that happens long-term, it, it seems like that's a growing trend. Maybe I'm just know a few, few points, but is it, you see it, it happening is. a lot more. Yeah. And, and again, because software is one of these businesses that has no incremental costs, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, and from, from a cost of goods sold standpoint. So the, the leverage is incredible. So you got downloads are pretty cheap. <laughs> that can, right. You know, bits are, again, bits are not that expensive. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that gives you the ability to make investments. That gives you the ability. It's just a different kind of business model. And that's what's really driven and made some of these private equity firms just so successful because mm-hmm. they can streamline the go to market motion, right? The they can leverage and too, bring right? some of these assets together. I think um, that's helped. Yeah. To be more subscription model customer. of paying, you know, I, I don't pay once, I pay every year, sort of idea, and that generates a lot of cash flow. Ge- generate, you know, just tremendous amount of, of and, and I mean, listen, to be clear, right? You know, especially when you're trying to, you know, optimize for um, profitability, right? In a lot of these cases, um, y- y- you know, it, it's hard to compete for resources. So I'm not saying that this is easy, right? But the but the economics of software and especially the economics of security software now mm-hmm. uh, make that, you know, very in tune um, to, you know, security or to private equity coming in and and being able to, uh, you know, really make a, a lot of, of hay here, right? And, and again, you take companies like No Before, and they do security awareness training, right? That's just, and again, yeah, it's cool stuff. And, and, and yeah, they have a lot of science behind it. But at the end of the day, you're training people to not be stupid, right? Yeah, don't, don't click don't on click. that stuff. And that's, you don't know, that's the oh, $5 billion for that. <laughs> and you know what? They're going to make a bunch of money there because they have channel dominance, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to be able to hit the gas on that, continue to roll up. And that's a lot of what No Before did. They rolled up a bunch of local providers to get global coverage, um, and, and they're the dominant player uh, in that space. And again, you look at what Toma has with all of their identity assets around identity governance and access around, you know, federation and and uh, being an identity broker. Um, you know, they've got Thycotic and Centrify, too, which is a lot of the management, you know, pieces and the directory pieces of of the identity uh, side of it. And now with Forge Rock, which is really an integration platform uh, for that, they've got just a lot of the pieces there um, to really bring forward a new generation of identity management suite um, to the degree that they decide to do that, right? You know, they haven't indicated that they're going to, you know, merge all these things together um, on one platform. But you got to think if you're in the same family of company, you're going to, you know, work together to some so. to some great degree. You know, one thing that's changed too. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was sort of like you either got by Cisco, got bought by Cisco, or you didn't get bought, or it kind of didn't matter. Yeah. But and you 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 had to live with the strategy of it's on my favorite family of products or my platform or whatever vendor that I like. You know, going back to Bridge or Cisco or now Palo Alto, whoever it might be. It seems like that's changed a lot. I mean, those folks are all well, Bridge not, but Palo Alto and uh, and Cisco, of course, are still very much you know dominant players. But there are other new dominant players with them too. It's not just Cisco, right? 
You, you bet. So so that gets into the whole security platform story. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, you know, you're seeing CrowdStrike emerge as, you know, kind of a player in that space, along with Palo Alto starting to fold in capabilities. And, and we've done some work with with CrowdStrike's Humio group mm-hmm. um, on the Good on books. the security monitoring and, and observability uh, side. Uh, as well as really log, right? You know, scalable log management uh, in the cloud. Uh, but they've folded in a whole bunch of other, you know, kind of technologies as well. And then, you know, we talk about some of these new guys and then there's the old folks too, right? Microsoft has done a dozen acquisitions, you know, kind of in and around security and identity over the last, you know, two to three years, uh, if not more, right? And they've got a very substantial, if not the biggest um, security, you know, business uh, out there. So, so it really is a platform game now, uh, and that's something that we're going to be talking about uh, at Predict for sure. So, mm-hmm. Predict twenty twenty three, and you know that'll hit. I guess what's the date? Mitch, January twelfth. I think that's what I it think is. That's January right. 12th. That sounds right. Um, <laughs> but we're we're going to hit security platforms. We're going to hit you know stuff around uh, DevOps and and the future of DevOps. Obviously, cloud native infrastructure and, and and where that's going, and and wrap it up in a nice little digital transformation. Uh, you know, bun. <laughs> uh, from from that standpoint, but that's really going to be the research show. So we're going to you know talk about our agenda for um, 2023 at, at Predict this year. Well, and that is just to, to kind of put a plug out there too. Um, there are sponsorships opportunity because we're going to be. I think we have four tracks if I remember right. Where we where we're going to be talking about those specific things around cloud native security, et cetera. Um, and it isn't sort of your normal, we're going to do a report for, you know, with a company kind of thing, but it's going to be all roundtables, uh, which, so it'll be a different kind of conference. It's not, you know, it's not the talking head. It's maybe the the table of talking heads, uh, but no slides, none of that stuff. It's all discussion, dialogue. And of course, we, we've led a lot of those kind of sessions and love doing them. That's but right. people really respond to that too. So, you know, kind of reaching out to the sponsor, community vendor, community technology community, if that's something you're interested in, uh, just go to textrongroup.com slash tell me more. There's, you can, you know, find out how to get a hold of us. So uh, shameless plug. Hey, I, w- I wanted to bring up something kind of just to take a hard left for a moment. Okay. I wrote this article I guess it was published last week. It was about micro, it's called microservices explained. And it was both talking about what are microservices because sometimes it's just helpful to kind of lay out a foundation from a lot of good work that people have done. But also it it gets equated to service-oriented architecture within the and with the growth within the evolution of monolith, the service-oriented, and to to microservices. I mean, yeah, they share the characteristic of, yes, they're services. But when we came up with SOA, that was a very different time, right? We were, it was a way to kind of consolidate code and have very large groups of services that get bundled into this module and use a message bus or some mechanism to send transactions back and forth and manage those MQ series and things like that. MQ series. Yeah, man. <laughs> Just to throw out a, hey, I could use you. I got to use UDP on a on an interview the other day. I'm like, yeah, the UDP packets we used to send back an SNP V2. You know, anyway, it's a whole another thing. But where I was going with all this is we still deployed really large applications and we only did releases in once a quarter, or once every six months, or once a year in the SOA days. I mean, yeah, it's still around. Microservices built for a very different purpose. Yes, they're services, but they're really small. 
and they're made to be able to deploy, not only deploy very quickly and, and a few or a lot of them, but also scale up very quickly. So don't be fooled by, you know, it's not your father's SOA, you know, your father's. No, but, but, but I think for some folks that are trying to anchor around what this concept is, I, I do think that there are direct correlations. Sure, you good know, reference to point. SOA. Right. It's a great, it's a great reference point. Like, Hey, you know, so think about turning it to 11. And I don't know which one of our clients was it, you know, Trilio or one, one of our pals, you, you know, kind of did, um, a, 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 you know, a launch and, and it was like, you know, turn it up to 11, right. An old spinal tap, yeah, um, spinal you tap. know, kind of, uh, analogy and, and metaphor. Um, what was that? Outer than 10. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, you know, and, and, and again, I think that that's really a good I, metaphor, right? Which is, you know, if you think about so as, you know, kind of, hey, that was the first inclination of starting to reuse some of your code and be able to, you, you know, kind of architect uh, around some of these modular uh, capabilities. Microservices, again, takes that to that next level, much more agile, yeah, much degree. more, you know, smaller, but, you, you know, more structured, uh, you know, in order to, you, you know, again, kind of facilitate faster and 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 tighter integration between these different uh, mechanisms kind of an exponential 11 right it's like not another notch it's like pew hockey stick 11 right yeah. <laughs> as you adapt it right and 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 i think it is it isn't a you know okay you know and then all of a sudden you just hit light speed right i mean i think that you do at some point you know kind of hit that tipping point that then it you know really starts to, to gather speed but you, you know you don't need to get to light speed on day one right i mean you can oh, iterate towards no. it and, yeah, and that's it, one it, of the beauties of microservices is that you can start to replace some of these components and these capabilities as you are, you know, doing things. So, you know, yes, you integrate with your existing stack and then you swap out the pieces and refactor as it makes sense. Well, it's like so many things, you know, they get smaller and we get a lot more of them. So guess what? Securing them becomes more complex, managing, knowing what they are tracing, you know, things like that, observability, you know, emerged to be able to help no. with that. And now, and now those things intersect between security and, and uh, software and development cloud and you know, a lot of kind of disciplines. It's funny to talk about a security company buying observability product, right? Okay. All right. Good. That's actually, that's great. Actually, it's a good thing, but it's not what I would have thought of three years ago. No. And, and, you know, they're still trying to figure out how to actually bring that to market, right? You know, to, to because they're, you know, obviously different buying constituencies mm -hmm. between, oh, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. the folks Going that are monitoring the, SOC, you know, the application the, stack right. and, and, and the SOC. Yeah. So we're, we're, you know, the, these companies are trying to figure out, you know, kind of how these, these two come together. But, you know, ultimately what, where the leverage is, is it's data. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I need to store data in a very scalable fashion. I need to do analytics on that data. Right. Obviously, you're going to do a slightly different set of analytics on observability than you are, you know, from a from a SOC or, or a threat detection standpoint. But it's still data and it's still analytics. So so there yeah. is leverage there. The question is, is there going to be leverage from a, you know, kind of go to market and, and, and a buying dynamic standpoint? Which is another that's a huge growth area for us talking about the whole data across whatever spectrum you're dealing with security applications or cloud, whatever it might be. But it, it really is. I mean, I, I was explaining to someone the other day, like, why is cloud native such a thing? And, and why is DevOps such a thing? And I said, well, you know, imagine when you take a constraint, we, we've lived in a world where compute power and you had to really 
you pay attention to how much you had and that's all you had. And you had to really optimize things for that. You had to optimize things for storage. You had to optimize things for network capacity. And then let's take all those constraints away. And so you can get as much as you want whenever you want or dial it back down whenever you want, pay for it as you use. It's kind of feels infinite. It's not, but... Um, but those constraints aren't there anymore. So, you know, I don't have to go buy twice the servers or twice the network capacity. So I have it when I need it. I've got it already. I just use it. Okay. Now you can start designing things and doing things differently, which is why DevOps and cloud native. And, and we think about security with shift left and DevSecOps differently, but it is what it's when you take a constraint out of a system, the system will change and it'll change pretty substantially. That's what as I it mean. should, as, as it, it should. should. And that, that's where the innovation really occurs. And that's where people make big advances when they figure out how to operate in a different way in that system without those constraints. Exactly. So, all right. I, I said my piece about, you know, kind of the private equity piece of it, Mitch. You got your piece in about microservices. We we got our shameless plugs in about predict and, and oh, one other shameless plug, right? So within the next week, we're going to be launching a new area on DevOps.com called data ops. And I think that's what uh, you were referring to there, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it is a big area for us in terms of, you know, just getting on top of all the enterprise data that's there and starting to understand from not just a, a management of performance, but also mm-hmm. a security standpoint as well as, as, as you do start rolling out some of these applications. So that's definitely an area we're going to be, you know, looking into as well. And I want to mention too. I, I'm disappointed you won't be there, but we uh, we will be. Techstrong will be at KubeCon in Detroit, uh, which is what October 24th through the 28th. Um, and we're going to be doing interviews there. We'll do. Um, we'll sit in and, and and help do some analyst uh, meetings and things with you. So reach out to us if you want to get together or yes. be part of Techstrong and, TV. Uh, I, I am disappointed. I'm not going to. I, I, I had my plan. I had my plane ticket. I had my hotel, and then. I need to like my avatar or my little, you know, mic on a stick face mask or something like, well, he's here, he's here or dial in or whatever. (laughs) But so uh, I'm really looking forward to KubeCon. I wish we could have been there together, but we're going to do other things together. We've got reInvent and a lot of stuff, other things coming up that we'll be at. So, all right, cool. I'll be hobbled, but I will be there at some of these shows. He'll be he'll be running after us fast enough. Just just enjoy it while you can, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy. So this is the latest episode of our Tech Strong Research Review. We will be back next week um, with uh, another, you know, kind of timely discussion of whatever it is that's on our mind at any given. Whatever's time. rolling around in our heads, we'll be talking about. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Have a great one, Mitch. You too, Mike.